Hey, it's Alice. Before you jump into this episode, I want to tell you about this week's partner. One of the biggest mistakes we can make when it comes to marketing is not analyzing the metrics. Podcast downloads, website traffic, social engagement, these numbers can tell us something about what is and isn't working, but we so rarely listen to them. That's why this year I've made a habit of sitting down each month to analyze and learn from my metrics. It's already helping me to tweak my strategy in order to meet my goals. And I've found a really great tool to help with this, Metrical. Metrical makes it easy to analyze, manage, and improve your content across all of your platforms. My favorite is their analytics tool because all of the numbers are right in front of you to look at and most importantly, learn from. They also have a content planner, inbox manager, and hashtag tracker. So Metrical really can be your one-stop shop for all your marketing needs. I only partner with brands who I genuinely believe will bring value to our lives as business owners, and this one is no different. So if you're ready to manage your marketing with intention, head to the link in the show notes and start using Metrical for free today. Now back to the episode. At the start of lockdown, I had two weeks where I was a slob. What am I doing with my life? I've got a business that I started. I've got so much time now to actually try and make mm. it something. I just put all of my energy like into social media. And then, yeah, it kind of just took off. How many design accounts do you see? And how many people do you know behind those accounts? There is no secret sauce. It is down to consistency and people don't like to hear it. I decided that the right thing and the next thing for the business was to turn it into an agency. I felt this pressure kind of be bigger be better he is now 100% in the business doing editing doing the video production helping with business admin when you're working on something and you're building something and you can see a potential in it and like I did not have a personal life Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to episode number 183 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and I'm so excited to share today's conversation with you with the brilliant Abby Connick, who is a designer, educator, and YouTuber. I first came across Abby in 2020, and ever since have just been so obsessed by not only the way that she shows up online, but also the way that her brand has grown and the amount of hard work that she puts in to make all of that happen. I have loved watching her journey over the last couple of years, and I even had the total privilege of working with her on her business around this time last year. Now, to give you a bit of a backstory, which Abby will share more of within this episode, she started her side hustle in 2019, and using lockdown as an opportunity to focus her energy has since grown a thriving business. Abby's success is a real example of what happens when you tune into your passions, stay consistent with action and show up authentically. We covered so much ground in this conversation. We discussed the power and importance of putting yourself at the heart of your brand, why consistency is the only secret to success we've ever found, how Abby felt pressured to start an agency and even though she spent three months preparing to launch it, actually realized it wasn't the right fit for her, the reality of the long hours and getting close to burnout, and also, which I found so fascinating, what it's like to run her business alongside her partner. I always leave conversations with Abby with a new energy to just go out and do my thing, and this conversation was no different. So here goes. I'm really excited to share this with you. This is my conversation with Abby Connick. Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited to have you. As we said, when you arrive, I feel like I know you so well, but I've never seen you in person. It's always bizarre. A lot of people say that. They're like, I feel like I know you through social media, but like I've, I haven't really met anyone. So meeting you is just like so great. Is this your first... I think so. So I've met one friend from Instagram actually in Liverpool, which was incredible actually meeting someone. But yeah, this is like the first in-person podcast like I've ever done. So I love that. Well, I'm very privileged (laughs) to have you here. I guess a good place to start is kind of the story that got you to where you are now. Because I remember I first found you on TikTok, which I've actually had to delete because I get so addicted to it. That's so strange because that's like the least social media platform that I use. Yeah, but it was a video of your home studio being built okay that obviously beautiful studio in your garden and I remember seeing it and at the time I was so interested in this kind of this makes me sound really old when I'm not old but almost this like new wave of creatives coming through and how kind of lockdown seemed to fuel so many exciting new businesses and I saw your account and I was like this is it like this is the kind of person I'm talking about and I went and followed you over on Instagram and I think your story is amazing and a real sign that you're never going to feel 100% ready and sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah. Can you fill people in on kind of how you got to being yeah. a full-time designer? So I started my business in, I'd say 2019. So I was working full-time as a graphic designer for like another company. Um, I kind of just started my business as a side hustle just to earn some extra cash whilst working full-time. Mm. Um, 
and then lockdown happened. I got furloughed. Um, and when I started my business, it didn't really take off because I didn't have enough time. So I was, obviously when you're working full time, you only work mornings or evenings on your business. So um, it never really took off. So yeah, I got furloughed. And then all of a sudden I had all of this free time. I remember at the start of lockdown, I had two weeks where I was a slob. I was literally just like sat there um, watching Netflix for two weeks. And I was like, I need to sort my life out. Like, what am I doing? Like, honestly, what am I doing with my life? I've got a business that I started. I've got so much time now to actually try and make mm. it something. So I was like, right, let's kind of write a plan out of what I can do. Let's see if I can make this something whilst I've got this free time. Because obviously I wasn't working. So I just put all of my energy like into social media. I was like, we're going to start to designing we're gonna try and get as many clients as we can um and then yeah it kind of just took off I managed to kind of build my social media up I was it wasn't really like a personal brand it was more kind of doing design like I was showing my face like I didn't like not a lot of designers were kind of showing their face at that time but it was a new thing for me as well mm. um so yeah after I'd say three months I had so many inquiries lots of clients coming in lots of referrals and it got to the point where I got unfurloughed and I had to go back to work and I was like shit like <laughs> I can't have all of these clients I can't do full-time work like and I think it was about a month into going back full-time mm. I was like I can't do this so um, I actually went down to part-time with my full-time job which then gave me that extra free time to then work with these clients that I had built up over lockdown um and then literally a week later I had to go back to work and be like yeah I can't do this anymore I handed my notice in gave a week and then I went full-time and the rest is history <laughs> and that's it that's say <laughs> that's the story I find it so fascinating and I was talking to another guest about this which is a conversation that the listeners will hear in a few weeks yeah about how for some businesses lockdown actually was a real gift yeah and for so many stories it was kind of that pivotal moment that perhaps nudged people or just gave yeah. them the opportunity to start their businesses. I always say to my partner, if lockdown didn't happen, I would not be in this position right now. I would not mm. have done what I've done. So it was kind of a blessing for me. And I know for others, it was absolutely horrible. But like you said, for some people and some businesses, it kind of made them realise what they wanted to do. They were spending more time with family. They had all this free time. And that's exactly what it did for me. And had you always envisioned yourself someday running a business? No. Or was there a realisation of like, Ah, this is no. something actually that really excites me. It's funny, me. me and my partner have this conversation all the time. He's always wanted his own business. I've never wanted my own business. I was very happy in my full-time job. I liked the idea of the nine to five coming home and not really having any worries, any cares. Mm. And then, yeah, when I had that extra free time and I started running my business, I was like, oh, wow, like this is actually incredible. Like I've got, I can kind of be as creative as I want. I can kind of get the clients that I want. And like with my old job, I was a graphic designer, but looking back in hindsight now, I actually realized that that job held me back. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was just, it was very limited. And I think a lot of designers if they're in a full-time job, they might understand this, but when you're working kind of either for an agency or within a company, you have to stick to strict rules. You have mm. to stick to guidelines. You have to stick to a certain design style within that company. And for me, I had no idea what my design style was. I had no idea what, what who I was as a designer. So until I broke out of that and started running my own business, that is when I finally figured out like, oh my God, like, I'm this new designer I've got this style that I didn't even know that I had so yeah. it was such a kind of breakthrough like oh wow like I've got this new thing and yeah that's how I've kind of I love that <laughs> and once you know what's possible and kind of what's on the other side yeah. you, you can't go back no. can you it's like you've tasted the sweet life that's it. I, I can't be employed and I, it's kind of good that it happened that way because I had no expectations of running a business and I think that's the thing that's helped me the most because I didn't have that pressure of like oh god I've got to get this many clients I've got to do this I've got to have a website ready I've got to do this I kind of was just I chucked myself in the deep end and just mm. I just started and that was the best thing that could have happened for my journey and I think that's the best advice to give anyone like obviously in 100%. different industries there's different ways to interpret that but in a space where you know maybe it's a con sometimes that there's no regulation mm -hmm. and there's not much kind of structure actually you can use that to your benefit and not expect that you're ever going to feel ready yeah like you don't have to tick a certain a number of boxes and like okay now you can go and start your business yeah so many people's stories both of ours I know like didn't begin with sitting down and writing our business plan oh, it God, began no. with starting and figuring a whole lot first out. first year of my business was wing it fake it till you make it like 
that is what got me to where I am. And I'm mm. so glad that I did that because I know a lot of designers struggle to start because there's so many things, so many roadblocks within their journey that they're just too scared to start because they have to have everything figured out. When actually, if you just start, figure it out along the way, that's how you'll learn, that's how you'll grow and that's how you'll make mistakes. And yeah. I love it. Do you feel that fear? Because there would be people listening who are like, yes, that's absolutely me. I'm kind of too scared to start. Is it for you that you don't feel that fear or do you feel it no, that you do it anyway? I feel the fear. Like, for example, I, I do YouTube. I'm a YouTuber and I was so scared of starting. I, am, I was awful at speaking to the camera. If you go back and watch my first ever YouTube video, it is so cringy. It makes me just, oh my God, it makes me cringe so much, honestly. But the thing that got me through is I know within my journey, as long as I just start... Every time I do something, I get better. And you're not going to be perfect when you start. No one is perfect. Everyone that you see that are incredible at their craft, they didn't start off incredible. They started off as a beginner, like every single other person. But what they did is they just started. And that's exactly what I've done with the things that I've accomplished is I just started. I didn't give a shit about if I was good enough, if I was perfect enough, if I had the right equipment. I used my phone for like six months to record my YouTube videos. I didn't have the right equipment. I didn't have the right lighting. I didn't have the right setup, but I started, mm -hmm. I learned, I figured out, okay, I made that mistake. I got the right equipment, did this, did that. And then that's how you progress. You don't need to be perfect. And yes, everyone is going to be scared when they start, but you have to embrace that. You have to just get on and start. Mm, it's unavoidable, isn't it? It is, honestly. <laughs> it's nice to think we could live in a world where everything just feels easy, but yeah, it's not, not it's the way not, it is. And no. if it was easy, everyone would be doing that's it, That's exactly right? it, yeah. So interesting. And obviously with that attitude of like just being willing to start, you know, in turn get it wrong figure things out as you go yeah I know there's a whole conversation in a lot of industries but especially with designers of like do you need a degree and are you qualified to do what you do yeah. and I know that's something you're really passionate about yeah. is kind of opening the space and not gatekeeping it to like yeah. you need to take these boxes in order to operate here is that something you experienced at the start that kind of imposter syndrome of oh gosh do I kind of deserve to be here I guess so yeah I think even now I think I deal with that imposter syndrome like every designer is going to go through it I think you just have to embrace it and realize you're gonna have these feelings but it's the way that you deal with it the way that you get on with it yes you're gonna feel like an imposter like right now I'm pivoting into something that is unknown for me I'm going into more of like education for designers and I am so scared because it's not in my comfort zone it's not something I'm used to but you kind of have to feel that fear and you just have to go for it and I always think like I don't want to regret things I don't want to think that I've missed out on opportunities because I was too scared I would rather be scared try it if it doesn't work doesn't work it I tried yeah and I don't want to be feeling like regretful of the things that I've done so such a good attitude and I think when you really think about it like what's the fear of especially yeah. when it comes to online the businesses we run yeah. we're not saving lives like what <laughs> no, is I the know. worst thing that's gonna happen I know something will flop and pro no one will probably care. I think it's more in our heads. Mm. Like we we build up this vision of the things that could go wrong when actually we need to think about, okay, what can go right? What happens if I do this? Like what is what can be the outcome instead of focusing on those cons, focus on the pros. And for you, what have been those pros? Like obviously that's a huge lifestyle shift from working in a corporate role to now running your own business also with your partner, which we'll talk about yeah. in a bit. I think that's so interesting. <laughs> like how has that, changed your life before when I was working in kind of like a corporate job as a designer I wasn't me like I was held back so much which sounds horrible to the job that I was in but it was actually such a pivotal moment after running my business but it honestly like I figured out who I was by doing social media by putting myself out there by talking on my stories starting the YouTube channel it kind of I don't know it kind of just put me into my journey and like I knew there was something better but I didn't know what it was until I started the journey and honestly it has transformed my business and if I wouldn't have started my business I would not be the person that I am today mm, it's amazing isn't it like I know it, our own little, it's incredible little life sources I'm very grateful for it and grateful that I'm now running my own business like that's <laughs> incredible but it's crazy isn't it how it is it, it doesn't start with that big vision does it oh god just no going back to what you said earlier it starts with just starting it, yeah it was a side hustle there. that's what it was it was just honestly to earn some extra money to kind of get a feeling for working with clients because I'd never 
I like I worked within a company as a graphic designer. We didn't really have clients. It was mm. now I'm like, I've got to go out and get these clients. I've got to figure out how to run a business, how to engage with these clients, how to bring them in. And it's all just an incredible learning curve. And I'm just grateful that I've managed to go through that. Yeah. And when you love learning, it's yeah. not a chore. That's actually a really exciting yes. process. I yeah. totally feel that. You talked earlier about kind of learning to talk to Cameron, building that confidence and kind of showing your face. Yeah. Because that's something that I think like you are a master of is like you have mastered how to build a personal brand as a business owner. Like you obviously operate and we'll talk about this again yeah. in a bit about how kind of for you it's a blend of kind of this personal brand positioning as well as your services as a graphic designer. Yeah. I have never seen someone, and I'm not saying this just to kind of, oh, you know, gosh. big you up, with as engaged of an audience as I do with you. Like, I will see one of your Instagram posts and I can immediately tell it's you because it's great branding. And it will have been up for like 20 minutes. And there's like a thousand likes on it and tons of... And I know that's not, you know, an overnight thing. That's something that's taken a lot yeah. of time to build. For you, like, when was it that you realized, okay, in order to build a community, I've got to connect them to me? Because the easy thing to do, right, is to go, here's my work, here's my work, I'll hide yeah. behind my, go, do you like my services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this comes down to actually my partner, which obviously we'll get to it in a bit. When I started my business, like he, so he's been in many jobs and like one of them was marketing. I'd post stuff, it would get like 10 likes. Like mm. it was awful. My posts back then were just awful. There was no engagement. And he said one day, because obviously I had the free time in lockdown, he was like, start talking on your stories, start putting your face out there. Because right now, how many design accounts do you see? And how many people do you know behind those accounts? And I said, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know. It feels like when designers post work, it's very robotic. I don't actually know who it is. I yeah. don't know anything about them. I just see their work. And it's just a 2D thing. It's it's nothing. And I was like, okay, uh, like I'll start. Like it was, it was so embarrassing. It's so cringy. But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try it because no one's doing it. Started just talking on my stories it, if I probably look back it was probably so cringy but um yeah I started talking my stories and after that is when I started getting like messages in my dms and people would kind of like seeing my stuff and seeing my face and people would comment like oh I feel like I already know you because I've seen your face I set myself a goal I was like right if I can do this for a month let's just see what happens so I was like right we're gonna talk on my stories we're gonna mm. show up every single day and I'm just gonna see what happens and that was the moment that my Instagram started taking off because people started to see my account as a person and not just a design account. They got to know me. They could see what I was getting up to in my day. And that's when I started kind of interacting with a lot more designers. And yeah, from that, it just, it skyrocketed. I love that. <laughs> and I love that note in there about initially being consistent with it. Yeah. So I think it's so easy to kind of try something new, give it two days yeah. and be like, oh, not working for if me, I, but you said. Yeah, if I didn't set myself that month, I would have given up because I felt so cringy. Like talking to the camera is horrible. When you do it for the first time, it just feels so alien. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're looking at a camera and you're like, hello, like, what do I say? Like I had to script stuff out because I had no idea what I was saying. Every, honestly, it's like sometimes now it still takes me like five attempts to get it right, but mm. that's what it is. But yeah, if I hadn't set myself that month goal of doing it continually, I would have given up. And after doing it for a month, it just turned into this habit. And I was like, right, mm. let's just just keep doing it. And now it is just like, I'll wake up and it's like, right, what can I do today? Like, what am I showing? Like, it's just in my routine now and I love it. Like, it's a part of me. And like, I get such satisfaction from showing up and just like talking to people. And when people message me, it's just like, it's so engaging and I love it. I mean, I've not even out of bed yet. And you've put up a set of stories of you getting ready, making a smoothie, going to the gym, I'm like flipping neck, Abby. It's very impressive. But how how do you find that balance between kind of personal and business? Because I think one of the reasons your audience is so engaged is because of how kind of personal your brand is. And like you said, yeah. people don't just know your work, they know you. Yeah. But how do you find the balance where it's not like, you know, here's my whole personal life. I think yeah. that's something people struggle with when they hear like, you know, show more of you. It's like, oh gosh, I've got to share yeah. everything. Yeah. I think the thing that's helped me is, so when was it? Like five, six months ago is when I finally kind of pivoted into a personal brand. So before that, my account was Abbey Design. And I think I kind of had that as a barrier of like, okay, I can still like be designy. I can kind of get away with not showing up too much. But it kind of got to the point where I was like, I love showing my face. I love engaging and I love that kind of thing. So that's when it turned into a personal brand. And then it's, I guess it is hard to not show too much and show too little. I think it like you said, it's trying to find a balance, but 
I don't because there's no rules like I run my business it mm. is what it is if people don't like seeing too much of me then they can unfollow it's it, it is what it is but I just kind of show as much as I can and what I like showing there's nothing that's kind of off limits and I think I've got a kind of good balance with mm. it and I guess it's ultimately what you're comfortable with isn't yeah, it and you trust yourself to know if you push that's it push yeah. that boundary then you'll know yeah definitely I'm gonna do that and consistency is obviously a big part of it for you as well I yeah. know you preach about this I know. a lot where <laughs> everyone wants the hacks don't they and the tricks there's and they no give you the secret there's secret no source. there's no secret sauce that honestly being consistent is like a solid foundation that so many people miss they think that there's this like killer source that like oh she's doing so well how did she do that what's her secrets no I started something, I was consistent with it, I kept it up, I kept going, I kept learning, I kept growing, and that is what got me to where where I am. Mm. I kept consistent, I made those mistakes, and there is no secret sauce, it is down to consistency, and people don't like to hear it, because it's no. so simple. And they're like, yeah, but I've been consistent, and obviously it does come down to your content and the stuff that you put out, but the base of it for me, for how kind of successful my business has been, has been down to how consistent I have been with a lot of things within mm. my business. Yeah, it's like if you brought together a room of incredibly successful people, how they've achieved that success will look different. Of course. But the common denominator between them all is they were consistent yeah. with that strategy or that approach. And you're so right. We don't want to hear it, do we? we? Don't, no one does. Like if I've got people in my DMs like, how, have you, how did you do this with your business? And like the solid thing that I say to them is that honestly, I have just been consistent. Like I have just started, was consistent and I kept going, did those mistakes mm. and I've learned from them. And a lot of people don't like to hear it. They think, oh, she's going to tell me this like incredible secret of how she yeah. made her business successful or whatever. But it, there is no secret. Like, yeah. If you're listening, there is no secret. <laughs> there, it is consistency and not a lot of people like to hear that. Yeah, I think our generation especially, we love a quick fix, don't we? And we 100%. want things to be instant. If you think of, you know, an example with like weight loss, yeah. we, don't, we all know, right? No. Aside from a few factors that you can't control, like primarily what does it come down to is what you put in your body and yeah. the way you move your body. Do I wish and sometimes still Google, is there a way that's yeah. quicker than that? Absolutely. It's like you got a holiday in two weeks. Well, how can I lose weight in two weeks? And it's like. the same with a business. Like if you try and grow quick, it's going to be unsustainable and yes. it's likely not going to build something in which you really want. Like yes. the good, good businesses take time. A hundred percent. Yeah. But obviously there's a lot of hard work in that. Mm -hmm. Like you said, consistently showing up. I think we don't always want to hear that because we want it to be quick and easy. Yeah. And I wonder if part of it is that we don't always want to accept that running a business isn't easy. Like yeah. Instagram makes it out like we're all just like, you know, seamlessly just Everyone's growing up. Everyone's got their shit and together. Yeah. And like, oh gosh, you know, it's just so much ease. And yes, there's like things about it which is easier than yeah. maybe other jobs or other ways of working. But like, it's not that easy I don't know where we've got this pressure from that we all have to pretend it's like the I best know. thing ever I, I'm probably quite bad at that of not showing a lot of the bad like I'll, st I'll still talk about bad things that happen within business and I'll put on my story some days like I'm really not feeling it today but I think I need to get better at kind of like showing more of the bad because like you said Instagram is just this social networking app where everyone looks like they know what they're doing they've got their shit together they mm. they're on this jolly business is great business is going good but yeah I think there needs to be more of a conversation of the bad and I definitely need to start showing more of that mm. so to begin that journey <laughs> sharing more than that what have some of those challenges been or kind of the behind the scenes that maybe people haven't seen I'd probably say the biggest thing which was actually when I was being coached by you so if you're in my newsletter you will probably know about this because I actually spoke about this but I don't think I've spoken about this anywhere else so it was last year I'd probably say around March time I decided that the right thing and the next thing for the business was to turn it into an agency so I was going down the route of no more being my personal brand. I felt this pressure to kind of be bigger, be better. And for me, I felt like running an agency was that. So I would get some designers in because I had clients coming to me and I had to kind of turn them away because I was so busy. And I mm. thought, right, if I turn this into an agency, I can get some designers, I'll get some web developers, I can run a business, I can kind of be in charge of that and build this empire. Three months later, I'd 
built the website. I'd done the branding. Like we had a conversation about the next steps of how we were going to kind of run this yeah. agency. Putting together job descriptions. Literally, yeah. Team. We'd got to the end point where I was about a month away from launching this new business and this new design agency. And Jack, my partner, kind of sat me down one day and was just like, is this you? Like, is this what you want to do and I went in defense mode I was like of course it's what I want to do what you want about I've I've been doing this for three months like this is exactly what I want to do and then half an hour later I had like (laughs) I sat down and I'd taken everything he'd said in because obviously he's got my best intentions he knows me he's with me a lot he knows what I wanted for the future I'm running an agency had never been in it so I'd sat down with my thoughts and I was like oh shit like this is not me. I've been pressured into this by social media. I'd seen a lot of other people doing this. Started running an agency and I thought, oh, I can do that. That's what I want to do. I've got to be bigger and better. And that's the Mm. next steps for me. When in fact, it literally has never been my dream to run an agency. I couldn't think of anything worse than running, like being in charge of people. Like I like the freedom that I have now of working with clients, not having to worry and go back and forth with the designers. And yeah, I just, I felt this intense pressure to perform and do better and bring something else into it. So I kind of went through that. And obviously I'd been working on this for three months. Yeah. And when you work on something, you don't want to give it up. You feel bad because you're like, it's wasted time. Why have I been doing that? So I was so attached to this project and the next steps that I'd kind of had in my head for these past three months that I didn't want to let go, which is why I went into that defense mode. And then me and Jack had another conversation and I realized that I didn't want to do it and I had to scrap it and letting that go was so hard because I'd been planning it for so long. We started talking about the pros of pivoting into a personal brand Mm. and I was like, yes, that's pretty much what I've been doing anyway. Why did I not think of this? Mm. Um, And I think that has probably been the hardest moment for me. There's so much from that that I think we can learn (laughs) from and, and, you know, it's that kind of shoulder dropping moment, isn't it? When you realize, oh gosh, growth and success doesn't have to look like bigger and better. Yeah. It's that pressure. And you're right. It, it comes from the external space and, yeah. and what we think everyone is thinking we should do and what others are doing where we assume, okay, if I want to grow, that means that numbers need to be up. Okay. I'm fully booked. So what does that mean? Okay, great. Now I start an agency. Yeah. Growth can look like scaling a business back. Yeah. I had a client and it was actually a very similar time to when we were working together. There's a few people going through similar (laughs) things. I always find that really interesting when that happens. And they won't mind me saying this. They had massively scaled their business in lockdown, as many businesses had. Yeah. And then had kind of continued to push that growth coming out of it and then had a bit of a breaking point of actually questioning, well, is this what I want? And they realized, well, this doesn't meet my measures of success. Yeah. So for them, growth actually meant scaling the business back and like you know, going backwards on a lot of the plans and descaling. And I think that's not something we talk about enough that growth can look like moving backwards. Growth can look like sustaining. Growth can look like going in a different direction. As long as you're getting closer to your definitions of success, how that looks is is irrelevant. It's so different for everyone, the way that you run your business. And like you said, the the way that success is measured is so different for everyone. And Mm. for me, I really fell into that trap of, feeling pressured to have something bigger and better when actually in hindsight it wasn't right for me and I'm so glad that Jack had sat me down and said this to me because Mm. if he hadn't like I'm I'm I will hold my hands up and say I'm really bad at being self-aware and I will just continue with stuff until I'm actually sat down by someone and they tell me so that's something I need to improve on but if that hadn't had happened I don't know what I think I'd be so unhappy right now if I was running an agency. But probably to everyone else. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, I'd be smashing it. No. And I think that's also a great example of how, and I say this all the time to clients, they'll come to me like, which one do I do? You know, option A yeah. or option B. And my response every time is like, you could probably do either. Yeah. Like there is no right or wrong in mm-hmm. what kind of is the next step for your business. Like, you know, as you said, we were working together at that time mm-hmm. and it was very logical. You're yeah. fully booked with clients. Lots of people want to work with you. You at that point were saying like that kind of growth felt yeah. good to you. So great agency model, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's such a good example of like, you could go down probably five other routes yeah. and they would all feel different. You know, they've all got pros and cons and you've just got to pick the one that feels best to you. That's it. By your yeah. measures of success. I, I think I knew in my gut, like I mentioned before, like the personal brand route was just me that's what I'd been doing it's just in Mm. my head I didn't feel like because no 
not really anyone was kind of doing that in the design space. It was a new thing. I hadn't seen anyone do it. So it kind of, it was a lot out of my comfort zone to go to turn into a complete personal brand, even though I'd kind of been doing it, but I'd had that Abbey Design name that kind of didn't put myself out there too much. But now, yeah, I'm just so glad that all of that happened. And although it in my head, it was wasted time, it wasn't because it actually directed me into something that is now an incredible part of the business. Like it, it wasn't wasted time at all. And I think a lot of people may resonate with this and all of that time that you spend on something doing, it doesn't go to waste because actually it's kind of pivoting you into your next journey, which is exactly what it did for me. Yeah, completely. And those three months of actioning that idea got you so much further than if you just spent three months doing nothing. That's it. It's like a step in the wrong direction. I always think it's still a step. (laughs) Yeah, it is still a step. Might be a little. (laughs) It's still something though. And every step comes with learning, right? Mm -hmm. So I would imagine, you know, I wish there was ways to like split test our lives. Like I I love (laughs) that. To see what would have happened. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, no one should let me have kids because if I had twins, (laughs) I would fully be like, Okay, we're going to raise you in this yeah. environment and this one would be put behind bars. But anyway, you know, you aren't to know obviously what would happen if you weren't to have spent those three months pursuing yeah. the agency idea. But I can imagine and predict that as a result of those three months, you were so much clearer and more confident on the personal brand route yes. because you'd felt what it was like to go in the opposite direction. Yes. And anyone that kind of watches me on Instagram will know that I am not corporate at all. And when kind of this agency idea came up it definitely made me realize like being a personal brand I get to do what I want like I am my brand I can Mm. show up how I want there is no corporate rules there is no guidelines that I have to follow it is just me and once I figured that out that's when I knew like that's where I wanted to go so how do you see the business now because you're right it's not something you see a lot where it's kind of a like a content creator personal brand partnered with services yeah it's weird so the other week we went to like a not a networking event it was kind of like a social event that we kind of met up with other people in Liverpool that were creatives and when I tried to explain my business people didn't understand I would say like I'm a personal brand but I'm also kind of like a brand designer and they're like okay so what what do you do like I'm like well I do brand design but I'm also kind of do like content creation and YouTube like there's a whole load of things so trying to explain to someone that's maybe more in the corporate world it's really hard to actually understand because what do I actually do my main things are brand design for clients YouTube and then education for designers so I'd Mm. say that's the three main functions within the business yeah and it's the same topic isn't it just approach from different angles one is like I'll do brand design for you one is I'll teach you to do brand design and one is like I'll talk about brand design and that's the content side of things yeah and how are you finding that kind of really letting the personal brand side of things grow in terms of like YouTube and brand collaborations I love it it's like it feels very freeing Obviously, there's stuff that I have to do, which is like admin and stuff, which no one likes doing, let's be honest. Like, there's always going to be stuff to the business that's not enjoyable. But the main things like the Instagram, the YouTube and showing up and doing that kind of stuff, I love it. Like, it just feels so natural to me. And Mm. it's just, I feel like I'm on this like ongoing journey and I'm always trying to kind of like improve and I don't know. It's just, it's been such a transformation actually turning into a personal brand. And it's just, it feels like a part of my life and it feels like I get to do what mm. I do for fun. Sometimes I'm like, I'll be working at home. And I'm like, how do I get paid to make videos? Like, how am I, how is this a job? Like I'm living mm. such an incredible dream job that I didn't even know kind of existed. So it's, yeah. It's such mm. a privilege, isn't it? Honestly. And it's, it's hard. Like I struggle with being grateful Like I really struggle with sitting back and actually taking it all in because you can get so caught up in business life Mm. and like the cons and everything like that, that I actually really do struggle with being grateful for stuff. So sometimes I have to actually sit back and be like, wow, okay, I'm living in a city, got a great partner, we're running a business, we're getting paid to be creative. Like this is incredible. And I I struggle with being grateful. And I don't know if anyone else kind of feels Mm. like that when you're running a business, everything can kind of take over. And like, I really struggle to be in that moment. Mm, Because it's always the next thing, isn't it? Oh yeah. And the goalpost keeps moving. And I'm sure you've had this lesson since starting of like, at the start, you think the goalpost is the success, yeah. but you get to the goalpost, it moves you on the next one. Yeah. And I've just learned over the years to see it as like, the goalpost is just a marker. Yeah. We need to make sure we're content and happy without 
reaching those next things because as soon as you get it, you know, yeah. nothing changes really. You just want the thing after that. Yeah. Do you think that's kind of why you don't kind of take step back and take it in? Are you always kind of, you know, bigger, better? Because you also strike me as someone who's very analytical and quite kind of looking at how could I do better and how can I improve? I'd say that doesn't come from me. I say that comes from my partner. Okay. So I'm more of the kind of like get shit done now and like I will look one to two weeks ahead. Whereas Jack is, right, how can we keep this growing? What are the next steps? So mm. I think what I lack in, he provides for the business. So when you say that it's analytical, that is probably more of him coming in. Mm. So let's talk about okay. Jack. He's <laughs> We've been, been speaking about... Gosh, this man's got a lot of airtime in this episode. <laughs> He's not even here. <laughs> been alluded to. It's men, take over everything, Abby, honestly. Because obviously Jack was helping you behind the scenes as just a, a partner. And like yes. you said, giving you kind of tips, advice. I'm sure he'd love to hear that he is to credit for getting He's gonna love this. story. <laughs> Cut this bit out. Yeah. Um, but you've recently made the kind of public announcement that he's now running the business with you. Yes. Tell me more about that. How okay. do you go from this is my business, you're my partner to actually now we are partners, not just in life, but in business yeah. as well. So he has always been there behind the scenes. Like when I started the business and went through all of that in lockdown, he has always been there supporting me, pushing me, helping me with turning into a personal brand and giving me like really good business advice. I started my YouTube channel in, I think it was May, 2020. Um, and I was editing my own videos. So Jack has gone through a lot of jobs. Like he's done marketing. He was like a bricklayer. He's was video editing. Like he's been through a lot, which has actually helped with us running the business because he's mm. got a lot of background and it got to the point, I think we went on holiday and I was like, I, I can't keep I can't do everything anymore. Like I was working with a lot of clients. I was trying to do my YouTube channel. I was trying to edit. I was on a, like a podcast. There were so many things that were going on that I got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And that's when Jack was like, I can ha I'll help you edit your videos. So he took over the editing of the channel, which has in incre is incredible. If you haven't watched the videos, watch he's a look. good editor. Honestly, he he's self-taught. He's taught him like all, it all himself Amazing. so whilst through lockdown as well so he was working for the NHS as a video editor so he was helping me oh. on the side as well and then he got another client so he was doing like video editing as well and that's how he kind of progressed and stuff I'd say the start of the year we kind of started having a conversation about the business and where it could go we really wanted to focus on YouTube this year as being like the main priority and really like up level that so he was helping massively with the editing and it got to the point where he wasn't just editing anymore there was stuff within the business like working with sponsorships he would do all of that he would reply to emails there was a lot of stuff within the business that he was doing so for him to just be editing it didn't make sense for him to not be within the business there was a lot behind the scenes that he was doing that was helping mm. so we kind of had that conversation and I think it stemmed from us moving to a new city as well it was like new stuff coming and we had the conversation about him coming in the business and it kind of just felt like the right next step to do so we kind of just it was kind of like the move as far of the moment it was just like yeah. this is it's perfect for us we're moving in together you editing anyway and you're doing all of these other bits why not be within the business so he had another client so he's now dropped that and he is now 100% in the business doing editing doing the video production helping with business admin a lot of stuff behind the scenes so yeah it's incredible <laughs> I know it's, it, would you have ever predicted that no. like you wouldn't have predicted that you start a business let alone imagine if someone had said to you guys like you're gonna be running a business no. in a year's time honestly like me and him have had this conversation everything that he's done because he had a lot like loads of jobs we honestly feel like that was meant to happen for us to come together. Mm. Like he's always wanted to run his own business, like I mentioned at the start. And now he gets to, but, and like, for example, like he's not on social media. He doesn't kind of like all of that stuff, whereas I am. And he loves that I get to do that because he doesn't have to promote or do any of that, but he still gets to do a lot of the things that he's always wanted to do. So it's kind of like everything was like has happened for this reason and now we've come together yeah 
I love it. I'm always a tiny bit jealous when I hear like co-founders talking about <laughs> co-found life. I know we're focusing on all the good yeah. stuff here and obviously there's challenges to it, which yeah. we can talk about, but like, it's pretty great because if you find someone who compliments your weaknesses, oh, yeah. you get to sit in your zone of genius and what you enjoy. And like you said, there's still going to be jobs that you don't enjoy doing. That's oh, the yeah, case yeah. for any kind of business. But like, it's a pretty great setup providing, I think, and this is the big caveat, yeah. you can find someone that you can be in that dynamic with. Yes, definitely. So let's talk about that. Like, how do you find it? Because you live together. Yes. You both work from your flat. Yeah. You work together. You're obviously partners. It's like, how does that work? It's hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. We're both independent people. And mm. when we lived at home previously, we liked our own space. But I think because we're so, I don't know, we're just so within the business and we're so excited about the growth and kind of like what we're achieving right now, it just works. Like the things that I lack, he's really good at and the things he lacks, I'm really good at. So we complement each other very well. Mm. It is hard, obviously, when you're in a relationship with someone, you're running a business together, you live together, it is hard. And we kind of have a little bit of different routines like go to the gym at different times and obviously when he's video editing he's got his headphones in so we kind of don't really speak to each other that much in the office but we we're kind of making sure that once the day's over that's it but it obviously can be quite hard because you want to talk about business when something's going good you want to bring it into your yeah. kind of personal life but I think we're always going to be working on kind of us mm. as a couple and stuff like that so uh, yeah, I don't know it's it's quite hard <laughs> and I guess it's part and parcel of loving what you do isn't yes. it is that you don't necessarily want to stop talking about it at the end yeah. of the day if you're both really excited about it and passionate about it that doesn't necessarily feel like a bad thing no. do you have that intentional like okay work tight like do you ever find yourself having conversations at dinner we and you're do like, okay yeah on. we do have conversations because it's a massive part of our life like business mm. like us working together and us running the business it is huge so sometimes we will find ourselves like right let's stop now because we're into like our own time but I think yeah we're always trying to work on like that balance of it not taking over our life because obviously we want to have a personal life we want mm. the business to be that thing but then we still want to have our own time as well so it is hard but we're constantly learning and trying it you got to go through this to, to same attitude <laughs> with everything I love it just when you feel like you've kind of got good at one thing you just add another yeah. thing in that you have to learn and then keep going from that's there. it and let, let's talk about that idea of kind of having a personal life because I think that's something if it sounds weird saying it like that yeah but pretty hard to sometimes prioritize yeah. when you run a business and I think I said this to you when we were working together it was almost a year ago wasn't yeah. it um the way at least your workload was then, and I'm pretty sure it hasn't changed much since, if anything, it's maybe more. I'll let you say more about that. Really reminded me of my first years really? in business where like, honestly, to me now, I work like such short hours to me because back then yes. it was like, I, I didn't stop. No. It was just so intense. And I remember seeing you and being like, I love it because I see a bit of myself in that. And like, it, it's so much fun, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not necessarily sustainable what's your workload looked like have there been it, points where it's been like this is it's the same as you now so I feel like I'm not working as many hours as I used to so that first year in 2020 was very unsustainable like I will put my hands up and say that I did ridiculous amounts of work but looking back I'm glad that I did that I'm glad that I went through that because I learned a lot and I realized that what I was doing over that year was not sustainable but although in that moment, I because I enjoyed it so much and I was building something that potentially could be full time, which obviously it is now, I like knew that I had to kind of do put the work in then and just get mm -hmm. it done. Like and I enjoyed it so much working. Like sometimes I'd work from like six o'clock till ten o'clock at night and it yeah. sounds ridiculous. Like and I would be so tired and I don't know why I do it but I would get to 10 o'clock and be like it didn't feel like work like mm. because I was enjoying it so much but obviously it wasn't sustainable so it's almost an adrenaline though isn't it, it? Is. like I get quite I have to stop myself Same. I get quite addicted it's, it's, to those hours. it is addicting when you're working on something and you're building something and you can see a potential in it yes that's when it's like I'm, I'm working all the time I love it and mm. like I did not have a personal life and obviously we were going through lockdown so you couldn't see anyone anyway which yeah. kind of helped me in that sense looking back now the work that I did was ridiculous mm. and what changed was there like a moment where you realized that was unsustainable I don't know you know mm. I think only recently since we've moved to Liverpool have I realized that what I was doing was unsustainable and now I so like for example 
in 2020, I would have tea at five o'clock and then I would go back down to the office until nine, 10 o'clock. Now I will have tea and I will stop work because yeah. I know I need my evening to and have my downtime and kind of watch what I want. I need that in order to work to the highest level that I can the next day. Mm. So I think until we moved and I realised like that, that's kind of when I realised. Yes. Yeah, it's realising, isn't it, that you've got to stop you can't wait for the work to stop. Yes. You've got to stop the work. Yes. You can't um, think, well, I'll I'll finish once my to-do list is done because bloody hell, you finish uh, one no. list and your brain will come up with another. Yeah. So something that I've also done now is that I have completely scaled back client work. So in the year of 2020 and 2021, I was probably working with like six to seven clients in one month, which is a lot for a designer. Yeah. Working on lots of different design projects, bashing them out, like and working till late it was hard and then obviously running a YouTube channel at the same time is hard so something had to give so this year well at the start of last year I made that decision to scale back client work so now I'll only work with one client a month whilst doing the YouTube and it's definitely helped I've realized that I can only do so much as a one as one person as one designer and I I like designing I still want to keep designing so scaling that back has helped massively. Mm, and I like that you've shared that because it's realising none of us are superhuman. No. It's so easy, isn't it, to look at other people's output and be like, why am I not doing that much? Yes. It's like, there's always so much more going on behind the scenes. First of all, something has to give to make that time. Yeah. And even, you know, as you're talking about it now with kind of having your partner Jack on board, yeah. it's a whole other person I know. to be doing stuff. Yeah. And it's that reminder, isn't it, of like, don't look at just what you see online and think, okay, I need to compare myself to that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I agree. What's kind of your vision for the next few years? Are you still kind of all in on the business? Yeah. Letting life alongside that? What are your priorities? I definitely struggle to have a personal life. I think when you run your own business, you're so engrossed within it that something has to give. Um, and for me, like I like my own space. Like I've obviously got friends and stuff, but they understand as well that I'm kind of running my own business and I don't have all the time in the world. Um, it is a struggle, I will say. Like I'm, we moved to Liverpool and we're not the typical go out and drink like we don't like drinking so and the only thing to kind of do when you go out with friends and stuff is to go to a restaurant to eat to then go out and drink go to a pub and whatever and that's not the lifestyle that I like so mm. I think and obviously when you work during the week you get to the weekend like I have like half day Friday and then day off Saturday when it gets to those days all I want to do is chill because I'm so like tired mm. um so I've got yeah I'm just trying to like find a really good balance of personal life and business life but I'm not going to make it look pretty. It is hard. It's never perfect, no. is it? Like, I hate the phrase work-life balance because I just don't think it no. exists. It's this pressure, like, everything has to be at its, you know, optimum levels. And it's, yeah. things have got to give sometimes. I know. But yeah. I guess it's making sure that those trade-offs feel right to you. Like, you That's know, you're it. saying you, it doesn't sound like you feel like you're missing out on no. much by putting all of your effort into the business. Yeah. And actually for you and Jack to build the business, you can then have an amazing, That's it. you know, yeah. asset. Is that the right thing to call it? I don't know. <laughs> you build something up now and then, you know, if you want to yeah. go on the holidays in future or whatever. That's it, yeah. You can do that. And yeah. I guess it's just staying connected to it, isn't it? Like, how does this feel for me? Like, do I feel sad that I can't go out on a Friday? Yeah. Like, no. I've never, like, I've never been, like, a party animal or like I've no, never been neither. like with the big friendship group. So I'm not, I don't feel like I am missing out on that. Like, I mm. get... Like I've met some incredible girls through social media anyway, which I'm in like a group chat with. So it feels really nice to have that because I feel like I'm not missing out on other stuff. And mm -hmm. I've met someone from Instagram as well. And we've been out and within Liverpool and it's just been really nice. So I think I'm getting there with the balance, but it's still hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a constant work in progress, isn't yeah. it? I'm sure it'll be something that changed you've just, just you've over got, time. You've got to find what works for you. And I think, when I explain to people, some people might not get it that like we've moved to Liverpool, like why are you not kind of going out at night and kind of embracing like the city life? But it's like, actually, this works for me. Something that works for you isn't going to work for me. And if I don't want to kind of be going out all the time and I want to focus on my business, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier about you feeling kind of that external pressure to go into the agency yeah. model. It's all external, isn't it? It is. If it's not coming from yeah. you, then it's not something to listen to. But it's amazing how much those things 
getting our head, don't they? I know. I have that at the moment. I keep being like, oh, I really want to go traveling. Like, I'm going to quit the business. And then oh, I'm like, I don't no. want that. Like, no. <laughs> I don't want to be in a hostel. Because you really see sorry. pictures on Instagram of these people that are traveling. You're like, that looks insane. But yes. then when you think about it, it's like, how sustainable is that when you're running a business and other stuff? Like, it's not. Yeah. And what, the thing I always have to think about is the detail. Like, I love that I'm a top level person. Mm-hmm. So I'll always think, I think we're quite similar. Yeah. In that. So it's like big vision, big dreams. I don't really think about how it's going to happen. No. Right. I need a jack. Um, although I'd probably kill someone we if, all they need tried a jack. To, if someone tried to tell me what to do like oh my lord not that he tells you what to do no. you know what I mean yeah very top level person so I'll look at like this amazing travel lifestyle any kind of you know my friends buy houses at the moment and mm-hmm. I'm like that looks amazing I want to buy a house and then I'm like Alice think of the detail like yeah. no. do you want to have to save that much money no, no. do you want to be in a hospital like no, when I really think about the reality not I'm for like, you I don't want it no <laughs> but it's letting the, letting that be isn't it and not letting other people's definitions of success that's change it. your own it can be really hard, like getting caught up with, like, like we mentioned earlier, social media. You're seeing other people with all this this success and them either like pivoting into something new, and you're like, oh, I need something new. I need to up my game. I need to do something else. When in fact, everyone's journey and path is so different, and we actually just need to focus on our own journey. Your success is so different to someone else's. So if someone's doing something new or doing whatever you don't need to do that they might be 10 steps ahead of you anyway in your journey you're not going to have the same journey as someone else and it can be really hard to actually realize that when you're running a business is that something you find now do do you find yourself looking at other people or are you kind of quite focused Mm, on where i'd say not now but when it happened before so Mm. a year ago was that's when it hit me hard when I'd felt that pressure of performing and doing something new. But now that I've landed and I've got my feet on the ground and I know that this is for me, mm-hmm. I don't look at other people and think, oh God, they're doing really well. Like I look at it, I'm like, oh, good for them. Like they're yes. doing what they want to do. I'm doing what I want to do. My journey is so different to other people's. And I think that kind of makes you unique mm-hmm. when you're doing what you want to do. But yeah, it is hard to realize that and I think you have to go through it like I did to actually realize that yeah one of my favorite phrases which always sounds a bit passive aggressive is I love that for you yeah (laughs) like if someone says something that I like it's not for me but I love that that. I love for you that you're doing that thing with your life or that's (laughs) happening with your business for you I love that doesn't mean I have to love it for me um I want to end with some quick fire questions okay. they're never very quick fire okay, it's just then. a couple of topics to end with yep. you must get asked this all the time and I'm asking you because I get asked it a lot okay and I'd like you to answer Go it on. because I probably don't have a very good answer okay as a service provider how do you get your first paying clients you've decided what you want to do as a business how do you actually get people to you pay put you yourself it? out there you don't have everything ready and don't feel like everything needs to be perfect but just put your work out there put yourself out there don't do it in a salesy way. Try and think of those unique ways that you can sell your services that is going to attract someone. So for example, if you are a brand designer, don't just put your work out there, create a video, create something that shows them what you can do, mm-hmm. but doesn't sell it. I like that because it feels icky, doesn't it? It's Feeling very like icky. You need to just sell yourself, especially when it's your services, it feels yeah. like you're selling you, which it isn't. No. But it feels that way. Yeah. Did you find that at the start? I've always hated like the salesy, icky feeling. Like I hate selling my services. So when I put kind of a project out there, I kind of do it in a way that shows it in the best possible light, but not saying I'm a brand designer, I'm open for work. Um, Give me an email, here you go. Mm -hmm. It's more like you would kind of educate someone, a potential client looking at your post on either something to do with branding or something to do with the project, something Mm. that is unique to it that kind of sells the service, but without being like, I'm open for work. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of a bit sneaky, but like you're selling it, but it's not obvious that you're selling it. So when clients come to see your work, they're like, wow, I want that for my business. And that's exactly what I found. Mm. I'd put work out there in a really good way that kind of sold it. I then get those DMs like, I want that. Can you do this for my business? Mm. And then that would turn into a paid paying client yeah it's showing not telling isn't it of like telling always feels icky saying I can do this thing and I'm great at it to anyone feels icky but showing your greatness showing what you can do not only feels so much better but I think connects more for other people which is why I would say to anyone listening start a YouTube channel 
which leads me nicely onto my next question. Because <laughs> okay. I find that fascinating yeah. that you're really pushing YouTube because, and I mean, you're doing amazingly with it. So I don't find it like surprising at all that it's something that you're continuing to do. But I don't hear it talked about a lot. Like people these days, we're all talking about TikTok, we're all talking about how to diversify from Instagram, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Not a lot of people are kind of banging the YouTube drum, yeah. but you are. Yeah. So why YouTube? Long form video bangs. People love to like all of these influencers or YouTubers whatever people will sit through a 30 minute video because you feel like you know that person Mm -hmm. you're watching their video you're seeing their vlogs you're seeing what they're getting up to they honestly feel like they know you so as a designer when I'm doing a long-form video of 20 minutes of me designing or talking about a certain topic people generally feel like they know me. Mm. They're seeing my work. They're seeing me do. I'm showing them what I can do. That is key. Like long form video, so many people aren't realising it, but people love watching people. People buy from people. And that's where long form video bangs. Mm, I love long form video bangs. Bangs. (laughs) Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. It's it's long form anything really, isn't it? Like people, like this podcast, People from this it. podcast will have built such a deeper relationship with both of us than they would have just watching our Instagram stories. Like you said, you feel like you know me mm. already before you'd met me. Mm. And that's because of the videos, because I speak to the camera, because I'm a real person, because you're seeing me throughout my day. You know what I get up to. You know my dog's name. You know exactly what I eat. And that's because I'm showing you through video. You feel like you already know me. When you put long form video within that, I get DMs, I get comments on my YouTube. like, oh, I love seeing what you're doing. I honestly feel like I know you. And that's where a lot of designers, I think, are kind of going wrong or they're not doing. Yes, YouTube is hard. You have to be consistent. You have to put a lot of effort into it. So when I started Instagram, 100% of my clients came from Instagram. Now, I would say it's probably 60% YouTube, 40% Instagram. Interesting. So it's not just about building a personal brand. It can sell as well. And I did not start the YouTube channel to attract clients. I started it purely to get better at speaking on camera, to help designers, show my process, do passion projects. Mm. And now it's turned into something where I get inquiries from potential clients saying, I watched this video of you designing this brand. That's exactly what I want. I love seeing how you did this with a font and how you design this whole brand. And I love seeing your process. So because I'm showing them and not selling it, they've seen me do, they know what I can do Mm. and they want it. And that's where long form video is key. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> How do I add YouTube into my platform strategy? That's my question. Kind of adding to that, just a quick one. What's your tip for people looking to start on Just YouTube? start. I said this at the start. I did not have a setup. I had no lighting. I was awful at speaking to the camera, but I knew I wanted to give it a go. Stop worrying about having all the equipment and being perfect speaking to the camera and knowing what you're going to say. Just start, put the video out and then start being consistent Mm. with it honestly so many people haven't started because they're too scared of it being perfect it doesn't need to be perfect look at my old videos they are awful now I've I know exactly where I went wrong I've learned I've progressed I've made those mistakes and now that's where you'll start seeing the progress so if you want to start YouTube and you've been umming and ahhing just freaking start (laughs) I hope they've got the message by the point in this episode but I love that people literally can go back and look at go and have a look because you will if you right so watch one of my old videos and then watch one of my recent videos you will see the progression like when I did that first video my voice sounds very posh I'm like hello guys (laughs) like really high pitched and it's like the production is awful there's no the editing I was editing myself it was awful it's been two years so there has been a lot of progress and a lot Mm. of growth and within two years a lot can happen so yeah and you don't get to well you can for some but it's very hard to like start at quality like this podcast is a great example of it as well like it began four years ago with a headset mic I look like a Britney (laughs) going up on stage toasting my (laughs) podcast from I think I would go under towels in my bedroom I would record from my car wow and I sounded like an American four-year-old girl. Like it was like, "Hey guys, hey guys. I'm starting the conversation." Honestly, why do we put on accents? Like, I wonder what was wrong with when me. I filmed that first video. So like, I don't wear makeup a lot. Like, I just don't like that. Um, 
when I did it, I put a whole face of makeup on. I put eyelashes on because I was like, I'm going to hide absolutely everything of myself because I, I'm too scared of doing this. If I block that all out, yeah. I'll be great on camera. It did not work. I just looked like an absolute fool. It was not me. And then the next video I was like, right, let's just scrap the makeup and the eyelashes and let's just try and do it all natural. <laughs> I think that's a good one. Like just show up as you yeah. and you'll get better as you go. And now, you know, come back to this podcast as an example, like we're here four years later in a lovely studio doing yeah. it all professionally. Couldn't have started here. No. Don't try and start no. here. <laughs> no, definitely not. Start at the point one. If your past self was listening to this episode, Mm-hmm. The Abbey of two years ago. We've talked about her a lot. Yeah. What encouragement would you give her? Because I'd imagine you wouldn't want her to change her course because it's got you to where you are now. Mm. But for people that are listening that are at that kind of earlier stage, what would you leave them with? I'd say to be 100% yourself because I tried when I first started speaking all my stories and doing YouTube, I definitely tried to be someone else. And I think I could have grown a lot more at the start if I would have just 100% showed up as myself. So I think if you want to start showing more of yourself, don't try and be someone that you're not because people can see through that. It's not sustainable for you to keep doing that because Mm. you're not being 100% true to yourself. So be 100% you and people will fall in love with you. I love that. And you know what? That's just reminded me of the question I forgot. Because most people fall in love with you. But as I know, we've both experienced. Yep. Some people don't fall in love with you when you show yourself online. We've got a nice little group of trolls uh, between yeah. us. Shout out to them for yeah. this episode. Shout out to the haters. Um, if they've made it this far, I just think actually trolls more from the not are obsessed with you rather than hate you. They it's do. A very yeah. odd concept. But just as a final question, how do you deal with that? Because like you said, when you show yourself online, the vast majority of people, and when I'm talking about trials, I always want to be conscious of like, it's not the majority, no. it is the loud minority. Yeah. But yeah, most people love it and will connect with you. And even if people don't love it, most people are adults and yeah. can go, this isn't for me, off yeah. I go. Very, very few people decide to share their opinion openly online. And I know that's something you experience. How yeah. do you cope with that? How do you walk yourself through that? Because it's never nice, is no. it? It's definitely been a learning curve. And when I I remember getting kind of my first hate comment, it's really it's really hard with design because anyway, design is very subjective. Mm. It's your opinion of what is good and what is bad. So when you're getting horrible comments about the way that stuff is designed, you as a designer will take that personally. Yeah. So dealing with that has been hard. Um, and I'm a lot better now. So at the start, I would get very defensive and be like no my work is good like why do you not like it but I've come to realize that people that troll and hate on you are actually it comes from a place of either jealousy or insecurity Mm. I think it mainly comes on YouTube Instagram I feel is like my safe place I've got a really lovely community and there's a lot of incredible people on there YouTube is a little different because a lot of people can find you and comment comment on stuff when I do a YouTube video I sit if I get a bad comment I will sit back and be like right can this person do what I'm doing would they be able to put themselves on camera put their work out there design something on video talk at the same time no why are they hating is it because of their own insecurity probably Mm. are they hating because I'm a girl I'm doing something I'm putting my work out there is it does it come from jealousy? And most likely it does. And for me, that's how I get through it because I know they won't, they're not able to do what I do. Mm, That's a good kind of way of processing it where I guess it then allows you to conclude like, is this actually an opinion I want to listen to? Like, where is this coming from for that person? Yeah. And I always find if it's constructive criticism and they actually explain why they don't like it, fine, I Mm. get it. I understand your opinion, but when it is a hate comment that doesn't tell me anything constructive, mm. I don't, I don't care. What, what are you bringing to this space? Like, give me something constructive, and I'll take it on board. Yeah, give me something that is just hate. You're doing it because you're insecure. Yeah, and it's what you put out is what you get back, right? So yeah. you, more often than not, I end up just feeling sorry for those people because it, it, it seems yeah. like a very sad way to live. Honestly, yeah, that's how you've got to feel about it. I feel like I took that on a really like negative end to the episode but I think for a lot of people listening that will resonate and it's always helpful to hear isn't it it's not 
always the sunshine and roses that no. things look like we all have those things happening but the with those hate comments like I will get one hate comment and I'll get 90 positive comments mm. so you've got to I always keep like a batch of positive comments as well so if you ever get that horrible comment yeah take a look at all of those positive comments that you've had take a look at all of those messages that you've had from designers then you'll realize like that one hate comment it doesn't matter what else are you bringing to the community all of that positivity I love that have a <laughs> my friend called it the other day a thank bank a thank bank. Oh, I like that. You know, yeah. like what that's rhyming with that I won't yes. say because then we have to put explicit on the episode. Yep. Um, <laughs> she has a thank bank where every time someone sends her a nice message, I do the same screenshot it, put it in a folder. I love that. And then she I'm, goes, I'm, I'm naming it thank bank. I think everyone should. <laughs> that should be something we all strive to do. Um, Abby, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. So How's your first in-person podcast? Incredible. Incredible. Wow. Jack's always mentioned like he wants to do like a future podcast. And now I'm like, okay. Mm. This is cool. You found the studio. I for like it. it. I like in person. Like I always find when you do stuff like over the computer, it's you don't get the same feeling as like an actual conversation. This feels yeah, yeah, yeah. normal. It feels good. It's good. We like <laughs> And normal. it's nice to talk about things like this. I feel like I haven't spoken about my journey or stuff like this in a while. So and it's made me think about a few things as well, which is good. <laughs> I always like that. I'm like, if one of, we can all just leave with a little something to think about, yeah. that's the aim. Starting the conversation. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for joining Thank me. Thank you. <laughs> So there we have it. That was my conversation with the brilliant Abby. As the name of this podcast suggests, these episodes are only the start of the conversation and I would love for you to continue it. Whether you agreed with something that we shared or whether you've got a thought that you would like to add, I'd really love to hear from you either over on Instagram or over on LinkedIn. Just search Alice Benham, you'll find my profile somewhere I'm sure, and let me know what you think. It means so much to see the people and the reactions behind the listens on this podcast, so please don't hesitate to let me and Abby know what you thought of what we discussed. I'll be back in your ears next Tuesday with a solo episode where I'll be answering some of your top questions around business and marketing strategy. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss out on that and I'll chat to you soon. Side note, does anyone feel like this outro makes me sound very like American and profesh? I don't really know what voice I just put on there but let's roll with it. Hey, it's Alice. Before you go and action what you've learned in today's episode, I want to share a quick note about this week's partner. One of the biggest mistakes I see people making when it comes to marketing is not analyzing the statistics. The numbers, whether it be podcast downloads, website traffic, or likes on a post, are all telling you something about what is and isn't working in your strategy. It's invaluable data, but so often we don't listen to it. And I get it. I can easily forget to or feel too overwhelmed to look at my numbers, which is why I've made a monthly habit of sitting down to review my content. It's already made me better at showing up for my goals and I found a great tool for it which makes this an easy task, Metrical. By bringing all your platforms into one place, Metrical makes it easy to analyze, manage and improve your content. My favorite is their analytics tool because you don't have to go searching for the numbers, they're all in front of you to look at and most importantly, learn from. They also have a content planner, inbox manager and hashtag tracker so Metrical really can be a one-stop shop for all your marketing needs. I only partner with brands who I genuinely believe can bring value to our lives as business owners and this one is no different. So to start managing your marketing with intention, head to the link in the show notes and start using Metrical for free today.